1: All right, welcome back to Fit for a Queen. We have Mika Santamano in studio today. We're happy to have her, and I'll tell you a little bit about Mika. Mika is a licensed specialist in clinical social work that has been considered the pioneer in the Kansas City area in advocating for those pregnancy and postpartum related depression and anxiety. And she was the first to establish a specialty practice in 2008. She strongly believes in the power of story to teach others about the struggles families face. She often uses her personal story and the collected stories of families that she has worked with since 2003. It helps others to see perinatal issues through the lens of both mother and professional. Her style is to infuse her work with warmth and humor, and her goal is to engage clients in the community with her candid approach. Most importantly, she aims to leave people informed and inspired. Her work in advocacy for families has been featured in Parents Magazine, Adoptive Families Magazine, the Kansas City Star, M Magazine, Fit Pregnancy, and National Public Radio. Wow. Thanks for coming in, Mika. Well, thanks Hi for having me. Yeah. yeah. This is exciting. Yeah, we're happy to, uh, we're excited to talk to you about women's mental health today. So, Becca, you go right ahead. With the All first right.
0: Line. So, statistically speaking, we know that women struggle more with depression compared to men. What do you think's going on there that puts us more at risk?
2: Well, I, as with a lot of things, there's a number of factors. Um, from a strictly biological Um, approach or or looking at it in terms of biology specifically, the female brain is in a consistent state of change, right? Um, So an example would be that we produce estrogen and cyclically, right, Mm -hmm. um, throughout the reproductive years. Um, It peaks and plummets during pregnancy and after, Mm -hmm. and then it ceases production and menopause. And there's always an emotional tie-in with any of those transitions. Sure, Mm -hmm. So the challenge in this example is that the brain really likes estrogen, the female brain. So there's an area of the limbic system that is regulated in part by production of estrogen. So when you don't have it or have as much of it, then it's dysregulating your mood, your sleep patterns, your appetite, your sex drive, and your ability to tolerate pain. The other challenge, though, is that you don't treat it by replacing a hormone because it's not about how much, it's about the consistent shifts and changes. Okay. So just strictly biologically, we're a bit set up because we have a uterus. That's the bottom <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then, and, and that's speaking, you know, I know my pay grade. I think a physician might, might add to in, in some other ways, but that's a basic explanation.
1: I don't think we talk about that very much, of like our mood and hormones related to mm-hmm. no, what's going on. Makes Absolutely. perfect
0: sense, especially when we talk so much about hypothalamic amenorrhea. Oh, we I said it, it without trouble. Time. Yes, <laughs> and you'll hear people say that one of the first things was they just noticed they seemed off, right? Which makes perfect when they sense, their period. right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Or how much we make jokes right, about menopause, mm-hmm. the change, mm-hmm. or, oh, she's pregnant, or, oh, my goodness, I cry at Hallmark commercials now, or, oh, my teenager, <laughs> she must be getting ready to start. She's acting crazy. <laughs> so they're normal. typical transitions, but, and I'll talk in a second here about what adds to that, that then leads to some form of maybe anxiety, depression, at, at the very least, more distress, mm-hmm. um, and more feeling down, sad, et cetera. So Um, But, yeah, we joke about it, but there's something to it, and it's something that's really beyond our control, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So we have to look at, and I know we're going to talk about, other ways we manage ourselves to offset that. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, some people aren't as sensitive to those changes as others. That's fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're neuro nerds, so you can talk about that stuff all All day. day. I could, too.
2: (laughs) And then there's the stickier stuff beyond biology that creates vulnerability. So for instance, and this isn't all a bad thing but we we operate in a culture that has really masculine principles autonomy, independence, productivity and we all value that you know it doesn't always apply well to females and there is actually a little bit of biology in this too. but women have historically, a need to be tended to, to tend to nurture others, to be in community with one another, and to just be and tend to the uh, their offspring or tend to the needs of others. So it gets challenging because it's a conflicting message, right, I wanna do this on my own, I'm gonna build a business, I'm gonna work hard, I'm taking care of my family, I've got it, I've got it. Mm-hmm. At the same time though, there's this compelling biological need to not do that. Right. Right. <clears throat> so, oxytocin is another hormone we can chat for a second about. If I'm hanging out with the two of you for any period of time, my brain's gonna make more oxytocin. Hmm. Well, oxytocin calms us down, mm-hmm. it helps us to connect. It's why women tend to go for brunch and men don't.
0: <laughs> right. It's <laughs> why you'll that. meet
2: your friends for coffee or a glass of wine or a play group and the kids are young, or, right. Women right. benefit from that. And it's been studied how men really go through fight and flight. Women do not. We go through tend and befriend. Mm-hmm. That's what Ooh. we do best when we're stressed. But our culture doesn't really promote that. Right. So we're constantly in conflict. Mm-hmm. So let's say something stressful is going on in my life. And the message that I get is just get to work, keep yourself kind of busy. Everything's be okay. You know, this happens to a lot of people. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, yeah. And at the same time, I'm wanting connection maybe to be with my children, maybe to tend to the needs of others, Mm -hmm. and not really being sent the message that that's okay to do too. You can curl up on your bed, cry it out for a while, and then get back up and move on with whatever is involved in your day.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Now you take a brain that doesn't function as well through different cycles and changes hormonally, and we have a bit of a perfect storm. Mm
0: -hmm. Sure.
2: I think the third piece to that that exists more... I mean, I'm 45, right? So I'm from Generation X. And we had access to calling a friend, calling a mother, an aunt, whoever, if we were in distress. Um, We could get online, but it took about a half hour.
0: <laughs> By then, you're yeah. <laughs> what were we looking for? What was for? I worried about? <laughs> <you>? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh we weren't
2: we weren't able to research anything. We weren't able to access much and it almost created less stress because you just didn't know what your options were. Mm-hmm kind of had to figure out what that voice was, whether it's parenting or it's career changes or it's what to do with an aging relative, you kind of found your way through. And there was actually, I'm finding something freeing about that because mm-hmm. there was no right or wrong.
1: Yeah,
2: You kind of went with what you had to go with. You did what you had to do for your family. And that was it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You did what you did in your career. You hope for the best. Now there are 50,000 options laid out on media, social media. And I know we I know we beat it to death. I do think it's great that we have access. It's just that it drowns out our voice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make decisions that work in our best interest rather than somebody else's agenda. So you put all that together and women are higher risk. Mm -hmm. There's a joke. Men tend to sleep when they're tired and eat when they're hungry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Pretty basic. Right. And we think of everything else we have to get done and then we'll lay down maybe. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: I think I just had a conversation with my mother-in-law, and she just these generations of information and kind of motherhood, and she's like, you and your sister-in-law know so much more than I did, and she's seeing that as, like, such a benefit, and I'm telling her, I'm like, we... There's so many. I have no idea what to do because I'm getting different messages from different sites and I'm feeling overwhelmed by the information Mm -hmm. that I still don't know what to do.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like I had complications during my pregnancy and I would be calling my mom like, oh, my God, mom, the doctor said this. And she's like, well, here's the thing I probably and I would be asking, like, did you have that when you had me? And she's like, I probably did. But we didn't have the tests, so we didn't run them. So uh-huh. we didn't know anything was wrong. And you should have turned out okay. Uh-huh. Okay, that access to
2: information. <laughs> yeah. But it raises yeah. a good point. You know, whether it's having a baby or any other thing that's uncertain, you didn't. Your mother didn't know the potential right. outcomes. Mm-hmm. She didn't right. know that that whatever was going on with you during your pregnancy could mean A, B, C, or D. It was just happening. So there was really nothing to, you know, wring her hands over, because mm-hmm. no one was telling her, well, it could be, or it could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true with any bit of uncertainty. The teenage years is what I'm in right now, right? So there's a lot of uncertainty with the Ooh, teenage years. God bless you. <laughs> so I, I, and I, and it's all out there, right? As to all the different things that can be happening, worry about her development in her brain at this phase, and what that has for the long term in her life, and all these statistics. And I remember, and I'm not that old, but I remember I left my parents a note at seven o'clock on a Friday where I was going and I saw them when I got home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There there was no option to be quite so concerned. And so all of these, and women are more focused on, for instance, their offspring, their children than men are. Men love their children, but women are tuned into them in a different yeah. way. So now you've just piled us up again with, you know, speaking to your question on why are we more risk, have more risk. Whew. Well, no wonder.
1: so you're saying we're screwed (laughs) basically if you got a uterus (laughs) of like who's more sensitive a brain more sensitive right
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that is fascinating it makes a lot of sense yeah um job security Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) right
1: (laughs) um i heard this from you first of all the difference between like okay anxiety and the diagnosis and us living anxiously can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean by this and how our culture is increasing kind of this okay for women in general
2: that's a good question i
1: like that the difference yes
2: so i'm going to address the difference but first i want to address just the word anxiety
0: okay
2: i hear this i hear this (laughs) a lot now outside of my office i hear it with my kiddo and her generation i hear it with their schools, I hear it about my parents, I hear it from you know, the generation below me, anxiety, anxiety, I'm having so much anxiety. There is something called angst and worry and stress and fear and uncertainty. So to me, anxiety isn't always anxiety in a clinical sense. It's the, the emotion that comes with our daily lives that are challenging, that can get in our way, but it doesn't always mean someone needs to be diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. So when I think about whether it's clinical anxiety, but more importantly to me, the angst that everyone lives with at certain points in time, you got your group of women, since that's specifically what we're talking about, Mm. (laughs) that being anxious means they tend to um, sit with their thoughts. They go over and over in their mind. Um, worry that they feel their heart pounding faster and faster than usual. What does it mean? They might get a headache that puts them in bed for the rest of the night. Sometimes it means talking and venting to others and seeking support, assurance, getting help from a friend. So truly those women feel their anxiety, right? They feel it in a very physical way. Then there are the ones that live in an, I would say, more of an unconscious way. Uh, Their angst, their worry, their stress, their fear. to manage that same those same emotions so they they are the ones you know that go from 5 a.m until bedtime Mm -hmm. they are juggling a heavy workload um the needs of their kids uh school volunteerism they're the ones that are there for the people that need a casserole or a card you can always count on so and so yeah uh they do the 5 a.m. run and I know that a woman she does a 5 a.m. run she comes back and smi- fixes sorry smoothies for all her kids and they're all lined up in the fridge before they get up for school actually she gets up at 4 30 is she feeling anxiety no if you were to ask her are you having any symptoms of anxiety not necessarily mm-hmm. but if you took that woman And by virtue of injury or surgery Mm -hmm. or life experience or baby, Mm -hmm. she's going to start feeling really stressed and anxious because she has nowhere to put that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So feeling it and living it. Here's the thing. Neither one is good or bad. We all fall somewhere on the continuum at different times. The challenge is women are hardest on each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we can look at the woman who's crying and has a headache and maybe she's called into work or, um, man, she's calling her friends all the time. Why can't she just figure this out? But the beauty of that woman is she's tuned in to the fact that she's not feeling well. And she's seeking the assistance of others and resources in order to feel better or get clearer. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So not all bad. The woman that's living anxious, she's not necessarily trying to come across to the world as though we think perfect and have it all together. We make that judgment. She's coping with whatever's going on in her life. So at the end of the day, what she's doing isn't all bad either. So the bigger message in my mind to women in general with this concept is whether you're living it or you're feeling it or you're somewhere in the middle, understand that whatever you're observing in somebody else doesn't really need to be judged Mm -hmm. it's just a reflection of that mom that's getting everything done and you feel overloaded well she's got her own stuff going on right maybe her marriage is falling apart maybe one of her parents just died and so she's moving 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 to cope with that Mm -hmm. Mm
1: so what about this kind of example of that woman Coming into your office, possibly, and saying like, "I need to get all of this done. I have to get this all done." Then I, no one it else will do get it. Done. Yeah,
0: yeah if I don't do it, it won't get done.
2: <laughs> so, what do you say? To I, those I mean, women? you know, I don't Kara. Know who those would be. Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my approach a little bit sometimes is leaning into the issue rather than fighting it with them. Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, and I will say to them, and it's authentic. Okay, like this is your way to manage and cope. But first it's helping them to acknowledge this is a bit of a coping strategy at times. This isn't all just everything needs to get done. If I slowed you down, you had to sit on your hands, tie them behind your back, how would you be? I'd be losing my mind. Exactly. So see it as coping strategy, but sometimes things will fall off the plate. You may not feel as well, but it doesn't mean they should all get done.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And I talk about, this gets women in particular because we all think about our kiddos is, You realize our kids don't really need us to be quite so physically present. They just need us to be emotionally able to show up. So you could work 70 hours a week. That's fine. If there's a problem, they know they can call mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what they're looking for. So when you're spinning your wheels to cope by consistently being busy, it's hard for you to be in whatever moment you're in. And sometimes going through your list, you may want to think about what moments do you need to be in. Mm-hmm. Do you have to get in that run that morning if you were up to one in the morning with one of your kids in a crisis? Or do you need rest to regroup for the day? That kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't tell them to stop doing it. It's mm-hmm. just reevaluate your flexibility with it. And that sometimes feeling anxiety means we need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Really?
1: What about like the asking and for the help stuff?
2: Uh, yeah. Or taking on all the burden. Do you mean... Um, the woman that lives kind of anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's going to have a hard time dropping that rope. Mm-hmm. And I don't battle that too much. Mm-hmm. But we do challenge. I do challenge her. We talk together about other things can either not get done. And, and what, what does that feel like to you? If I say, you forgot, I don't know what, and you didn't make it on time, she'll talk through what that would feel like. And then I challenge it. Okay, well, did this guy fall? You know, did anybody die? I mean, what's our expectation? Here? Yeah, yeah. Another way I challenge them too, is who are other people that might be able to do these things for this sick person that you want to assist? Well, so-and-so, but, you know, sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. Spouse or partner. Mm-hmm. They just don't do it the same way, and they don't mm-hmm. know what to tell the doctor about the kid. Okay. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> and when they realize that them stepping back... And paying attention to themselves allows others to step forward and teach flexibility to children in particular. Mm -hmm. That not everybody does everything the same way. That sometimes you get overlooked. That sometimes things get missed. It is good for your children. That is something that we can get to that sometimes allows her to let it go a little. Mm -hmm. The reality is none of us changes all that much. Right? So it's about making small tweaks Mm -hmm.
0: here and there. You think about that joke, like when you go in the house like, God forbid, if something ever happened to mom, you got to think what that feels like to a kid. Yes. If nobody else does anything, like, yes. God, what happens if mom is sick or something yes. does mm-hmm. happen to mom? The house is going to burn down. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there is some truth in the fact that if one
2: person's handling everything, yes, what does it look like? Do you really want to be that indispensable? No. To the people around oh. you. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I like the fact that that's like an opportunity, that flexibility opportunity for someone else to mm-hmm. come forward and the kiddos to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk so much about balance and self-care on this podcast, and I I think self-care is just like this hot,
0: yeah. hot
1: word right now. And it's very hard for Ciché. me to work with like a new mom and be like, why don't we go out and get a pedicure? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I find mm-hmm. that self-care. <laughs> predict this. So what does it really like for women and mothers from the thick of things? And, right. Um, yeah, is it really spending the time to get the pedicure? <laughs> right. Um I don't have time to get a pedicure.
0: It's going to be burying the house slippers anyways, chasing the kids, doing the laundry.
2: <laughs> so self-care was is not a new word, right? We were using that when I started my career 25 years ago in our discipline as social workers because Kara, as you know, we're sitting with a lot of pain and suffering and we're absorbing it and hearing their traumatic experiences and their tragedies and what do we do with that when Mm -hmm. we go home, right? How do we absorb that in our body? How does it manifest? How do we take care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. A lot of validity to that. It's a word that I think we've stopped. I'm going to go out on a limb here. That we've begun to define a bit inaccurately it's a word I think we've started to use a bit haphazardly because who can clearly define it? Self-care, oh, self-care, me. taking care of myself. Well, mm-hmm. your self-care and yourself, preka, and myself are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, balance, okay, balance. Anybody can go through a list with you of all the 50,000 things that are going on in their lives. Where am I supposed to fit it in? Mm-hmm. Taking care of myself or balance? So, a way that I like to think about it a little bit differently is um, a healthier way is taking care of ourselves in a way that ne- necessitates a marathon approach. Okay. Hmm. So, <clears throat> we have to find ways to maintain endurance for a long haul. And I'll talk about that a little bit later experiences of stress and, and life um, challenges. So, what are we doing with the break that we take? so some short-term things are great like go have go get a pedicure massage that's fine mm-hmm. um get a sitter you know um go walk around target by yourself for a while i don't know oh boy
0: i'd be in trouble but yeah but <laughs> a, lot trouble. Of a lot of money
2: <laughs> um but i i get concerned about that because breaks are so limited
1: mm-hmm.
2: so for instance how are you tending to your physical body you know, we say a lot about you need to exercise, you need to exercise. Okay. I like to think about it as, how do you tend to your physical self? Like, do you take so much time to think about what you might want to be eating and feeding your family? Do you think, and I don't mean getting everything right, but just thinking about the physical body. How will I for the long term maintain myself physically because people are gonna need me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, how am I exercising my brain? Am I learning something new with that time that I have? Am I reading something interesting? I don't know. Whatever it is. I don't want to sound too trite, crossword puzzles and the like. But mm-hmm. if we're not, as I age, I see this. If we're not using our brain in some way about something entirely different than the way we spend our lives, we need our brain for the long haul mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to take care of everybody sel- and ourselves. Yeah. Um. It doesn't really matter, I think, what somebody's beliefs are about higher power, religion, faith, doctrine, we all have, I think we'd agree, a bit of a spirit. It's kind of an emotional tending to, it's an awareness of who we are. How are you working on that, feeding that, growing that? Because yeah. you're going to need that for the long run. So taking the breaks every now and then, or okay, another example, um, date night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. We're going to block out four hours, get a sitter, I'm going to put some makeup on, the teenagers are watching the little ones, and we're going to go out and do something and bond as a couple <laughs> and fuel our relationship. Mm-hmm. I I think, well, what about you grab a cup of coffee and you walk around shops nearby or a neighborhood and have a conversation? Mm-hmm. Uh, have fun and laugh. Don't talk about all the serious things going on in your life because there's plenty of them. Mm-hmm. Remember that you're with other people to have fun. Run errands together. Kill two birds with one stone. I hung out with my partner tonight. Learned something new that's going on in their world. It feeds our relationship for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And it's not this big event. Yeah. So I see self-care and balance as something that you're ongoing trying to work at so that you have endurance.
0: Mm-hmm the long haul yeah Mal by Mal,
2: yeah mm-hmm. i mean we
0: can sprint through lots of stuff but I, it's fatiguing
2: mm-hmm.
0: right Absolutely. But i do think uh, i love that point because how many times do you hear people say like they get through 20 some plus years of marriage and they really don't even know that other person anymore because it's always been all about the kids mm-hmm. or they realize like I don't even know what I like anymore I don't even have any friends anymore because it's all been about the kids or you know mm-hmm. or my parents that are ill so I think that makes you think like am I giving a little bit and taking breaks for all these
2: mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. and
0: I'm in that transition
2: now so it has it has reshaped the way I think about balance the way I think about self-care no we're gonna talk about that a little more but mm-hmm. Those are all very hard realities, Rebecca. I have been married 20 years. I do have parents in failing health. I am nesting a teenager. So doing a short-term get-a-break is nice. It it is nice. It's also something that's not accessible to everybody, by the way. (laughs) Not everybody's going to drop. Or be able to, 35 bucks on a, you know, getting their nails done. Mm -hmm. Um, But also making sure I'm thinking about, well, my work is part of my identity. So I want to educate myself. Do that different thing, like I said, with your Mm -hmm. brain. That's mine. Let me keep that. Mm -hmm. You know, my friendship. So you are absolutely on point. The challenges of early life as a family, because we talk about moms a lot, right? We're moms forever. And I have come to really realize that. You don't stop getting up in the night worrying about them. You don't stop meeting their needs. You don't stop taking their calls. You don't stop worrying about where they're going to go to school. Will they marry the right person? Um, is their health okay? I heard they were in a car accident. It doesn't. It's yeah. an amazing experience, but it doesn't. The, right. You don't stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's, yeah, that's part of what's So you're that
0: for the long haul. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So you have to take care of yourself.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think too that um, it's it's a it's a living, breathing concept. Mm-hmm. So what I talk about, you know, take how do you tend to your body? How do you tend to your brain? How do you tend to your spirit? How do you stay connected to others? There are going to be points in time. There have been in my life points and times when I've had to reevaluate where the balance shifts. So there may be times in my life. Or aspects of work are on the back burner because something in my family is needed more or I need more for me. Mm-hmm. I just need more time. Maybe sometimes I have to drop the rope on things in my family or extended family because I've got other things to tend to. So understand, too, it's a constant reevaluation process as far as I'm concerned. You don't figure out what your quote-unquote balance is or how to take care of yourself, and then you have it figured out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because every time you figure it out, There's going to be something else and then you're going to have to reevaluate what it means at that point. in Sure. Mm -hmm.
1: I really think you've been a great role model for me career wise of I've seen that really as as things come up for you. You have no problem really scaling back at work like I have to do this because this is coming Mm -hmm. forward versus trying to do what all right. We're just crazy stressed. (laughs) Or I'm hiding
2: in the office all day because (laughs) I don't want to It's the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it takes a long time. (laughs) But you've been
1: very good at that the important stuff, right? Like big picture, what's the important stuff overall? Mm -hmm. So we do put you on the spot in here of how you live out the fit philosophy of Balancing performance, health, intellect, and time for self and finding your own balance, balance,
2: Balance. in your quotes. So it was funny. I started to prepare, you know, typing same things out. And it says, I'm not sure I'm there. (laughs) If there is a there.
1: Uh Right? (laughs) Right? right? Right. Speaking to that, it's
2: consistently changing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I will say, though, at the age of 45, uh, I have figured out that life is not going to stop throwing (laughs) curveballs. They are going to sometimes come faster and harder and so I am much slower I've lowered my expectation for what I can accomplish for myself so for instance when I talked about all the different ways we take care of ourselves I might pick one and I focus on that for a while yeah so Karen knows this. I live my life in quarters because I'm in business. <laughs> we joke about that um, in my family. Q1 is the first quarter. <laughs> so I dedicated January through March this year to really getting some things in the business fine-tuned, the business side of a therapy practice, because I knew I would need that to feel a bit of sanity. Mm-hmm. And then the second quarter has been devoted to get my body out of pain. I was injured two years ago. I'm not going to worry about the 20 pounds I've gained right now. I'm not going to worry about what size I'm wearing. I'm going to make sure I'm pain-free and move when I feel stressed. That's it. I would have tackled this at the age of 40 with, okay, I've been injured. I'm ready now. I'm getting back to it. I'm put- I used to put on the schedule what days I'm going to work out. I know that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. So I've slowed it down. I've paced myself and I pick one thing at a time. And then the third quarter of my life this year, I've got a list of things. So I have figured out, for me anyway, I try to pick and choose, but I don't do it well. And I didn't grow up in a family where it was modeled all that well how Mm -hmm. you take care of your physical self, for -hmm. instance. And that's also partly a generation thing, Mm -hmm. right? They didn't know as much. Right. So that is one of the harder ones for me. And so knowing I had a number of challenges this year, I said, fine, I'll just break it down. I'll find my balance one piece at a time. But I would say up until this point, I've toyed with and had a lot of sprinting and a lot of things collapse as a result of it.
0: But it kind of brings everything full circle. You always talk about we have to have our tribe. And you said the women are their own worst critics towards each other. And God, what would it look like if we held... I can still remember when taking my daughter to kindergarten and I did parent drop-off wrong. <laughs> Who oh, told you that? Oh, boy. Well, know? there's 10 bullet points on how to do parent drop-off oh. right. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait for it, Kara. <laughs> and, and then you're just like, I'm doing good just to get out the door and not be crying to get her to kindergarten. And I get reamed because I did a couple of the drop-offs wrong. But that's... God, what would that look like if somebody had patted you on the back and said, you know what? I know how tough it is. It's okay. She's in school without being hurt. Nobody else got hurt. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, you know,
2: I had, it was a personal trainer that was on this mission with me. Um, What are your goals? Right. This was a couple of years ago. Well, of course. Why do you exercise? Oh, to lose weight. Yeah, that's why you exercise. Okay. So I'm writing all this stuff out and they just got after it. Right. And what happened? I wound up injured. Mm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And when I've done exercise in the past, it's something that's takes care of my physical body with some wrong goals. So it flops because as soon as you hit the goal, okay, well, I'm kind of done. Nope.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. And and I think some of that is people that are informed know that. But I really think I'd like to speak to my generation in this for a second is we still have calorie counting. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of apps for that. Right. Um, I came from uh, learning that it's good to be thin, not healthy. And so my generation and I would say even the one above me have a greater struggle with what size am I in? And so when we talk about balance and physical body, it's counterproductive because we come up with this goal we're supposed to accomplish and it's stressful and it's time consuming Right, and I've got to stay on track or keep with my you know workout schedule. And I said I would do this, and I gotta. And so it's it's not total pathology, but now you have been counterproductive with the concept of taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I will get to a different state of routine later as my body feels better, but it's it's a it is a challenge for many women in my generation to even grasp the concept that I move because it's good for my body and it feels good to feels me. Good. We are supposed to move for reasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I was joking with you one time, Kara, about I can tell you what I weighed
0: mm-hmm.
2: from the time I left high school at all these different milestones in my life because that was a measure of am I healthy or mm-hmm. not. Not mm-hmm. really because it was uh, an obsession at all, mm-hmm. right? My doctor was proud when I had um, worked out and taken care of myself postpartum, and I was below my pre-pregnancy weight at my six-week visit. So that's kind of tangent. But uh, it's self-care balance. It's, yeah, to me, it's about a long-term proposition. And really taking care of yourself in a way that... Isn't making life more stressful? Mm-hmm. Like date nights, like expensive
0: activities, like rigid workout programs. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's just counterproductive. That's perfect. Taking care of your life in a way that makes life less stressful, mm-hmm. or not not letting it be more stressful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you don't want your self care to be like, I need to get this in. We need to go out. <laughs> One more thing to do and on the, the do is, is is list. Like, right, and he so never then, wants
2: to plan anything. Right. Then I have
1: to do all the <laughs> and then planning you have to and babysitting. And then there goes your stress. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. Mika, thanks so much for coming in. Oh, this in. has been delightful. I've this is so nice. It. It's been fun. And um, if nice you want change. more info uh, about Mika, go to sentimano.com. Thanks, Mika. Yay. Thank you. Bye, Bye.
0: Queens.
1: Thank you to our sponsor today, Sentimano Counseling. Sentimano Counseling is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City, treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum, perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.